Welcome back to the Father Neo's White Rabbit Podcast. This is a place where we like to share how to bring Holy Scripture in faith to life. In today's sermon, Father Stace Tafoya speaks on the Trinity's relationship with us. As sons and daughters of God, we find that the Father is the dwelling place, the Son gives us peace and wholeness, and the Holy Spirit reminds us of Christ's words and teaching. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Now, what I read is the beginning of John 14. We often use this for funerals, and rightly so. Many hymns and sermons have been written or comments made about loved ones who have died and their particular house, what it will look like, what it might be like. And remember, in the old King James, it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. Well, there is some truth thinking about these things, and I've often made similar comments. The thought is, if so-and-so loved books, that is, the deceased, well, his or her house will have a great and vast library. That's one that I want, by the way. Or so-and-so loved to golf, so he will have a grand golf course as part of his house. Well, there's nothing wrong with these kind of musings. What Revelation describes, though, is heaven and earth merging with God the Father and the Lamb identified as the house, the temple, the holy of holies, the light, the all in all. It is a new paradise that John is describing. There is a river of life and a tree of life whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. There are similar images in the Old Testament. Ezekiel, for example, who said, My dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. So that question that is sometimes asked, do you know where you're going when you die? That needs to be nuanced just a bit. Not so much where, but do you know who you are going to? Another insight is that while Revelation clearly describes a not-yet reality, it intimates that the right now can foretaste the not-yet in a very real way. Now, I'm not one to say that once you find Jesus, all is perfect and complete emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of that. Yet that famous C.S. Lewis line comes to bear, in speaking of good things in this life. He says these things, the beauty, the memory of our own past, are good images of what we really desire. They are a scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never visited. John in his revelation not only shows the future, 
but often opens the curtain of the spiritual world to help reveal or understand past and even present events. This is what an apocalypse is. It's a showing. I would venture to say that the language of Christ in our gospel today does much the same thing. He talks of a future departing, ascending, a crossing over to another realm. Yet somehow, for his disciples, he invites them to experience the dwelling of God as an integral part of their present experience. And not to take too much from our Trinity Sunday reflection in a few weeks, but today I see a rich description of life with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I see this present both in, in this week's reading and next. Now this week I want to focus on what that life with God is like for individuals, for each of us. And next week as a corporate body, as a whole, as the church. Our first, our life with God begins with an experience of the Father. Jesus says, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. The dwelling place Christ goes to prepare in his Father's house in many ways is the Father. The Lord is the temple and the light, as is the Lamb in the Revelation image. This is my Father's world, says the hymn. But our destiny is also our Father's world. And what should blow us away is that our very person, Paul uses this example, is also a world unto itself created for the Father. Teresa of Avila says the soul of the just person is nothing else but a paradise where the Lord says he finds his delight. The Father invites us to dwell in a place he has set apart for himself. His role is to provide us with that place, but in fact, he is that place. St. Augustine prays, My life shall be a real life, being wholly full of thee. Secondly, our life with God continues with the Son. Christ states explicitly that where the Father is, so is He. His role is to bridge the gap, to be the intersection of heaven and earth, and to give us His peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Peace. The Jewish concept of peace, shalom, is more than just a greeting. Though, what a wonderful greeting. When a Jew enters a house, he or she says, shalom, peace be to this house and all who dwell here. That's an awesome greeting. And Jesus greets his disciples with shalom several times in his resurrection appearances. But shalom is not just the absence of conflict. Shalom says, you and I are okay. Our relationship is right. We are whole. 
Jesus was saying this to his disciples who, would have, who had abandoned him, his disciples who had left him, his disciples who were there sheepishly in the upper room, and suddenly he's, he's there and he says, Peace. Peace. We're okay. Things are okay. It is a relational wholeness. In our life with God, Christ is our reminder that our relationship with God is whole. It is right. It is okay. Through his cross. I call your attention again to the Revelation passage. On either side of the river, John writes, is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. What a beautiful image. A powerful image. It describes creation made anew. Genesis redone. Paradise remade. But think about that. The tree of life. Not just an image of paradise. But a reckoning back to the cross itself. A tree whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. When Christ is saying these words in John 14, it is in anticipation of the cross. Right after our passage in John 14, he says, evil is on its way, darkness is on its way. We must rise to face it. His peace is not without the reality of suffering his peace is not without the reality of evil. It emerges in the midst of it. In our life with God, Christ is our peace. He is there in the midst of our trouble and fear and evil. And he says, we are okay. We are good. Lastly, in our life with God, the Spirit comes to indwell us. Jesus' best teaching on the Holy Spirit, if you're curious, comes from John 14 to 17. If you want to learn more about the Spirit, read those three chapters. He says, Today the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Well, how does the Spirit do this? St. Irenaeus wrote, Wherever the church is, God's Spirit is too. Wherever God's Spirit is, there is the church and every grace. For the Spirit is truth. Whenever we gather, the Spirit is here. We'll get to that next week even more. The Spirit indwells the believer. Jesus calls him the paraclete, the counselor, the advocate. Now, this is courtroom language. He is to be with us by our side to face our own sin, bring us to repentance, but then remind us and beckon us to remember who it is we belong to, that we are right, that we are good with God. The Spirit also gives us the gift of what the biblical concept of anamnesis the gift of anamnesis raise your hand if you know what anamnesis is we have one in, in <laughs> who knows what anamnesis is 
Anamnesis simply means to remember. But in the biblical concept of memory, it is not just what you do between your ears. Oh yeah, I can think about that. Think about it. When the children of Israel celebrate Passover, they could easily just sit around the table and say, yeah, let me tell you what happened with Moses and all those plagues and they got set free. And isn't that cool, children? Now what do they do? They gather, they tell stories, but then they begin to eat the story, literally. Bitter herbs, the lamb without blemish. They are remembering, but they are also participating. They are there. Why is this night different from every other night? They are there. The Spirit speaks the words of Christ to us and makes Jesus present to us in word and sacrament. What do we say? Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your people. And we also ask the Spirit to come upon these gifts to make for us the body and blood of Christ. He makes it present to us. Present to us. Francis Martin says, The Spirit leads disciples into a greater understanding of the mystery of Jesus and makes that mystery come alive for us. The presence of the Holy Spirit makes our relationship with God real and tangible because through Him we are sons and daughters of God. So in our life with God, the Father is the dwelling place, the Son gives us peace and wholeness, and the Spirit reminds us of Christ's words and teaching. To be continued. Thank you for listening to this week's Reflection. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on wherever you listen, and be sure to leave a rating and review. And if you've done that already, thank you. That helps us out a lot. Please consider sharing the show with friends or family or to anyone who may enjoy listening, and we'll see you on our next episode.